Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I usually smuggle a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my pants. Special Agent Paul. I've been waiting for this moment. Come on, Jordan. Come on. Come on. Woo-hoo. No wonder, no wonder Jordana didn't want to be here today. <laughs> right? She has more sense. I don't want to be associated with that gong show, that junk show. No way. Jordana actually is uh, here in spirit. She's always here in spirit. Today she's at the Mayo Clinic undergoing tests, getting ready for... Uh, a bone marrow transplant the end of next month. So they got to run a whole battery of tests. She's been taking chemo. They need to knock down her cancer back into remission. Then and only then can she get the bone marrow transplant. Good news, they they did find a donor. And uh, so that that's taken care of. And uh, anyway, Jorah will be back with us tomorrow. DJ is here in all his glory. Well... Okay. Wow, that's an overstatement. Well, are you are you happy though? It's not snowing today. Are you okay? Yeah, are you yeah, all right? Are you a little grouchy today? The sun is uh, out. It almost feels like spring. It does almost feel like spring. No, I'm not grouchy at all. They got you know seven inches up in Lutzen, so that's good news. But. <laughs> you, can, you can always find a place. <laughs> they got seven inches of snow. And you know, I'm a little jealous though that the uh, I flew a week ago. And I'm a little jealous that the mask mandate has is just ending today, and that I had to mask up that whole time. Oh, you poor baby! Was traveling. it hard? Was it hard for you? Well, no, it wasn't really hard, but I. I it seems like oh. it's time for that to be over. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I think I'm okay with that. It's interesting. How about you? It's interesting to me that a federal judge, by the way, a Trump appointed judge in Florida, mm-hmm. ended this thing kind of like she snapped her fingers. We're done. Yeah. The CDC, you overstepped your uh, your authority, and it's over. And one of the thoughts I had is, what if this had happened two years ago? Yeah. And I look, I know it was a hassle. It's an annoyance. That said, I think forcing people mm-hmm. to wear masks on public transportation probably saved countless lives, yeah. maybe hundreds of thousands of lives, if you believe epidemiologists. I don't know. I think it's probably time to take the masks off. If you're immunocompromised, though, if you're older uh, and worried, you can and should still wear your mask. Well, and and I would have liked the freedom. I, I will enjoy the freedom to make that decision on my own. Now, I will make that decision carefully, and I will definitely still have a mask with me and choose when and when not to wear it while traveling. But um, 
you know, I'm happy that the days of like sneaking a bite of your, you know, trail mix on the airplane and then putting the mask right back up are over. I, you know, I can take the mask off for the whole half an hour that I'm yeah. snacking and having a cup of coffee instead of being afraid that the flight attendant's going to come by. I think it it shifts the responsibility to individuals, sure. right? Yeah. Your choice, your face. You want to wear a mask? Great, yeah. go for it. You don't? Okay. And we're at a place in this pandemic that is not over yet where we can let people make those choices. And will it spread some because of this? Sure. I, I'm sure it will some, but people get to make their own decision and then we'll have to live with it. Yeah. Hey, if I'm on a long flight and uh, people around me seem reasonably normal and the guy next to me isn't coughing up a lung, mm-hmm. I'll take the mask off. Mm-hmm. If there are people behind yeah. me that that appear to be sick, I might yeah. put the mask back on. I think if I'm in one of those, you know, long security lines where you're winding back and forth for an hour, it might be a good time to have that mask on. Yeah. So if you didn't hear, if you're living in a cave and we're not judging, the TSA will no longer enforce the federal mask mandate. This uh, federal judge's ruling came down yesterday. Airlines already announcing that masks are optional on their aircraft, including hometown Delta Airlines. And uh, I haven't seen – have you seen about uh, Sun Country? I haven't seen Sun Country yet. No, I've heard of you know, TSA and big airlines, but no, I haven't heard about everybody. Yet. American Airlines, United, Southwest, Alaska, and JetBlue. Masks are now optional. Good idea, bad idea, too soon, too late, don't care. What do you think? Call us, text us, 651-461-9226. What do you think of the announcement? Is it going to change your behavior on a bus, on light rail, on an airplane? 651-461-9226. A couple of shows that uh, I'm looking forward to streaming coming up next with Tim Lammers on CCO. I think you should publicly distance yourself from White House. Why? Because the behavior of entitled toffs is something the public no longer finds cute. I know my husband. He's a good man. He's a man. I feel very confused. About me? About everything. James Whitehouse's privilege does not extend to rape. The word rape and my name have nothing to do with each other! I have no further questions for this witness. Oh, man, yeah. This is one my wife wants to stream, and uh, this is called Anatomy of a Scandal, based on Sarah Vaughn's best-selling novel of the same name. The book isn't inspired by a specific true story, but rather Vaughn's experience covering British sex scandals as a courtroom reporter. Over time, what is it about the British and sex scandals? Although I guess we have our fair share here in the U.S. All right, Tim Lammers here to break this down. Hi, Tim. Welcome back. Hi, Paul. You're right. I mean, what is it about? There was a movie about the British uh, Parliament called Scandal years and years and years ago. So, yeah, this isn't exactly new. And you're right. It is fictional, but it does really feel like it could be true. Um, the story in this case, and, and I should point out right away, this is the number one most viewed program on Netflix right now. Wow. So it's really grabbing a lot of attention. Story of a minister in British Parliament played by Rupert Friend, who is first exposed for having an affair with one of his younger staffers. So this affair went on for five months. 
And he seems to sidestep all the blowback from that, all the big repercussions, the media, et cetera. And then uh, all of a sudden, this woman he was having an affair with says, after the affair ended, he sexually assaulted me. Despite all of this, uh, he, the, 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 the minister has the support of his scorned wife, played by Sienna Miller. Um, so, you know, once it seems like the can of worms is open. It seems to get deeper and deeper. And the more we look into this guy's past as and other people's past, it just seems to get more and more lurid, more and more dark secrets are exposed. And uh, I tell you what, Paul, it's one heck of a, a series. I think it's probably going to be just a limited series, uh, but six episodes and you are going to go right through them. Wow. So you liked it. It's, it's worth your time. Yeah, I did. Now, you know, it, it just seems to me that you get a producer like David E. Kelly, who has been a prolific producer in Hollywood for decades. Now, if you want to just even look at his most recent work, like The Undoing, which, of course, was Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. That was on HBO Max. Big Little Lies, HBO. Uh, also, David Kelly produced Nicole Kidman. This guy has an incredible handle on these sorts of compelling stories, very human stories, very, uh, you know, stories that just really strike the nerve of society, I think. So, yeah, I, I, I would say definitely see this one. You know, obviously, um, you know, they broached the, the subject of sexual assault. It is very, very difficult to watch. There's no question about that. And it did take me places that I didn't expect hmm. when I started watching the series. So, you know, it, it, it's uh, compelling television. It's obviously not the happiest thing to watch. I mean, it's very, very dark and disturbing. But, uh, again, it's very well told, and it, it really keeps your attention. Yeah, yeah, it, it appeals to the lurid side of all of us, our prurient interests, right? I mean, it, it's the same instinct that makes people slow down at, at the scene of an accident, you know. Just Unfortunately, to... yes, that's very, uh. very true. And, you know, let's be honest. I mean, you, you mentioned something about scandals with British politicians and American politicians. Oh, yeah. You know, it is really, whether we want to admit it or not, very much a part of our lives, you know, a part that we can sort of detach ourselves from. But ultimately, these are our lawmakers, and they make the decisions on our behalf. So, yeah, I think we should be concerned about what the behavior is like of these people. Accountability. Absolutely. Here's uh, another uh, original streaming series, a clip from Swimming with Sharks on the Roku channel. In Hollywood, there are stories of love. Not cheating. All of this is mine, and I choose to share it with you. Success. You thought you could spend as much of my money as you wanted, but you thought wrong. Where we live happily ever after. This, I see you, is not one of those stories. Well, this sounds good, too. <laughs> Did nothing but a happy-go-lucky, feel-good week, huh, Paul? Wow, yeah. <laughs> Got to get some comedies in here. What's going on? I'll, I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. But there's some other great dramas coming down the line that I'm going to be touching on. But, yeah, Swimming with Sharks, uh, the Roku channel. Had to point this one out as the first show from the Roku channel that I have reviewed. Now, 
Roku is, uh, there's a box, a, a streaming stick that you can yeah, use that yeah. holds all these other apps. Yes. Now, you do not need a Roku stick or a box or whatever in order to watch anything on the Roku channel. You can download that app along with everything else. Now, when Quibi, that phone streaming service, went under, Roku bought their content. Uh, so they're, they're a player now, too. One more streaming service to add, Paul, but this one is free. And uh, it's got some quality stuff. I tell you, Swimming with Sharks is actually based on a 1994 film starring Kevin Spacey hmm. as this horrific studio boss. Just He has an assistant that he verbally abuses up and down every day, humiliates him. That uh, person is played by Frank Wally, uh, Whaley, excuse me. And um, basically, the, the, after so much abuse, the assistant turns the tables on his boss. Now, in this series, uh, we have Diane Kruger playing the studio boss and Kiernan Shipka as uh, the new assistant who um, it, she doesn't wait to turn the tables on everybody. You know, the, the original was like it was something that built up over time. Well, this person came in with a plan. And uh, all those awful people, all the backstabbers, all the people that weighed in this cesspool of this environment, uh, you know, they, you know, seem like they have something coming to them. But then when you realize the motivations behind this person that's executing all these uh, plans of revenge, then it's like nobody really is a winner here. You know, um, but Donald Sutherland also stars in this brilliant actor. As always, he plays a Harvey Weinstein like producer, Ugh. just a throwback of the absolute worst kind. Look, if you have aspirations of going to Hollywood, watch Swimming with Sharks first and then reassess your ideas. One of my favorite nieces is navigating Hollywood right now. She just got out of college and she's actually having some success and, and you know, I've I've had chats with her father, uh, my brother-in-law. Like, yeah, have you had the talk about about Hollywood? And you know, I think it gets accentuated in Hollywood, but it's probably an issue everywhere, right? With people, yeah. men behaving badly. Yes. Well, you know, look. I mean, I, I, I obviously the, the Me Too era has has shined a big bright light on it, and rightfully so. Um, and you hope that maybe that that sort of bad behavior has been, you know, now that it's been called out, they're dialing it back. I don't know if that's ever truly going to be the case. And you're right, Paul, it's in other areas of our lives, too. The only thing is, is that Hollywood is so worshipped by so many people, it grabs so many more headlines than other businesses, etc., that I don't know, it, it, it just really leaves a bad taste when you watch a show like this. It's like, I I could have never imagined myself, you know, in watching this, it's like I could never imagine myself going out there now, <laughs> you know. But that's not to say that they're all bad, you know, they're all bad. They're not. There are some good people out there. Sure. Um, you know, sure. I know a few of them. Obviously, you know some, too, yeah. including your niece. I mean, yeah. there's some really good people out there. Uh, I guess maybe this is more of a cautionary tale of, okay, these are the pitfalls that you need to avoid because there are sharks that smell blood in the water, and they're going to get you if you're yep. not looking. Tim Lammers, great advice and great options. Thank you so much, and uh, looking forward to our chat on Friday. Absolutely, Paul. We'll chat movies on Friday. Sounds good. We're going to chat weather. What 
the heck is going on with April? Could it be linked to changes in the Arctic? And does this chilly April mean a ruined summer is imminent? Not so fast. Mark Seeley is going to bring us back down to earth with some facts, some data, and some perspective when we come back on CCO. So I'm going to have the uh, pleasure of signing some books at the uh, Red Balloon Bookshop in St. Paul, Thursday evening at 6.30, signing up my book, A Kid's Guide to Saving the Planet. It's not hopeless and we aren't helpless. And you know who's joining me, DJ? Ashley Shelby. Oh, wow. South Pole Station author extraordinaire. She's a teacher, um, Don Shelby's daughter. Okay. And she's going to be signing up some of her books there, too, talking about the changes in the Arctic and the Antarctic. And so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Thursday at 6.30. Thursday at 6.30. Circle your calendar. Okay, great. I'll be there. If anybody does that. Will you? No. No, you won't. <laughs> I was going to say, really? <laughs> you know who else has written some amazing books? Voyager Skies. Weather in the Wilderness, Minnesota Weather Almanac, and who served the state of Minnesota for 40 years as extension climatologist and meteorologist at the University of Minnesota, who just retired in 2018, Dr. Mark Celia, a dear friend of mine, a mentor, and uh, happy to have him back on the show. Hey, Mark. Hi there, Paul. Isn't that sun, uh, or what we had of it today, wonderful? It makes a big difference. When it's chilly, having that sun out, uh, there was a little bit of spring in my step today. Are you getting an earful, people complaining to you? Oh, gosh. Yeah, big time. And uh, I just had a program, education program, last night, in fact. And uh, we are having a April that's 5 to 7 degrees colder than normal. But I reminded them of April of 2018. Yep. When we, when we had 26 inches of snow locally and up to 40 inches elsewhere, and then we had, I think, average temperatures for the month that were 8 to 9 degrees colder than average. Wow, wow. So, look, your results may vary. The question that I'm getting, and I'm hoping you can shed some light on this, looking backwards, uh, some historical analog, when we do have these chilly... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
what we call light switch springs. Spring rarely on a dimmer switch. It's usually on or off, and it's been off for the past couple of weeks. Hopefully it'll be turned on at some point here in the next week or two. But is there any correlation between chilly springs, chilly Aprils, and chilly summers? Because I noticed that NOAA's models, 9 out of 10 of their longer-range summer weather models, are predicting quite a bit hotter than average for Minnesota, for most of the USA, which has me scratching my head. But what do you think, and how are you answering that question, Mark? Well, uh, the studies I've seen on that, Paul, show that uh, there isn't any statistical correlation. Now, that's not to say that we haven't had some rather striking examples. Uh, For example, what's being forecast in the Outlook models, I know you've referred to that a number of times recently, for a hot summer. And that follows the trend, certainly. That certainly follows the climate change trend we're seeing across the country. And we have had real, real remarkable examples of that, where we've had a cold, cold April followed by a hot, hot summer. In fact, I went back historically and found uh, six years that were just like that. 2020, 2018, 1995, 1983, 1937, and 1936, where we had, on the extreme end of the temperature distribution, very, very cold Aprils, followed by very, very hot summers. Huh. It it just seems counterintuitive, and yet anybody who's lived in Minnesota more than 10 minutes knows that things change in a hurry. And um, again, we have this La Nina, this cool phase of the Pacific, which was forecast to wind down by now, but it, it's, it just keeps on going like the Energizer Buddy, it's, and it's forecast to continue into the summer. So our most El, La Nina, not El Nino, La Nina summers – Is there a trend towards hotter and drier for Minnesota? Well, uh, I looked at that, Paul, uh, since 1950, uh, and I looked at uh, the 15 hottest summers since 1950, and what I found was um, seven of them were associated indeed with La Nina episodes. There were uh, an additional uh, six that were not uh, associated uh, with uh, La Nina episodes, and there were a couple that were sort of tweeners in between. Mm-hmm. So if there is a historical correlation going back to 1950, it's a rather mild one. Okay. And I'm just curious, too, because people, and I, and I remind them, that, yeah, the, the planet is warming, but it's, it's right. lumpy. We're seeing the warming signal in the fall. I think most Minnesotans realize that falls are, are staying warmer longer I remember when I got here in the early 80s, there would be ice on the lakes by Thanksgiving, people playing ice hockey. That rarely happens, at least in the metro, you know, right. firm ice by, by the end of November. So falls are trending warmer, but springs are kind of iffy, uh, you know, blowing hot and cold. And some climate scientists are talking about what's happening in the Arctic as as a possible reason why Aprils are so fickle. Uh, the last 10 years, we're getting a little more snow deeper later into April. Do you, does that hold water in, in your estimation? Well, you know, this is a, a real difficult one because there was a flurry of, oh, oh, about 10, 12 years ago, there was a flurry, a prolific number of research papers published 
that documented that the loss of Arctic sea ice and the change amplification, the polar amplification we talk about in the temperature signal, was going to affect the uh, the jet stream and disrupt it, and it was going to disrupt the polar vortex. And in those two areas, then, that would mean more frequent late-season excursions of cold air dipping down over the continental North America. Right. Uh, now, we've come out in the last two or three years, there's been papers that have said, no, this is uncertain. We don't know for a fact that that is indeed going to happen. The dynamics of the atmosphere is changing so much with climate change that we can't hang our hat on just those attributes, the polar jet stream and the uh, polar vortex. There are other large dynamics of the atmosphere in play. And so I'd have to answer that question, Paul, by saying there's even more uncertainty in the research community now than there was 10 years ago. Okay. We don't. We still don't know what we don't know, and yeah, a lot of complicated uh, interactions, some natural variability, uh, superimposing all of that, of course, is is this gradual warming trend. You, I'm sure you know this because you are tied into the agricultural community. Farmers trust you. They have for four decades. The price of corn reached a nine-year high amid wider increases in commodity values. The price hit eight bucks a bushel, up from six dollars a bushel earlier this year. In terms of spring planting, it seems like we're behind a little bit, but do farmers need to worry about this late start to planting? Not yet. Uh, emphatically, not yet. But uh, I, I suspect they will start to worry if we get into May and we haven't made much progress in terms of the acreage planted. Uh, the other thing, too, is with, with such high commodity prices, both uh Corn and wheat, I might add. I think wheat was up around $12 a bushel or something like that. Uh, We've got a lot of pressure to get in timely because for both of those crops, the long-term research shows that timely planting is essential to maximize your yields, and that's what everybody's aiming for. So I think when we do get breaks in this spring weather, Paul, and I know you and I have been keeping our fingers crossed, that they're going to go like crazy out on the Minnesota landscape. We're going to see acres and acres planted in a very short period of time. Climatologist, meteorologist, and my friend, and, well, every Minnesotan's friend, Mark Seeley, we we sure appreciate your perspective. Thank you for talking us off the ledge. And uh, wouldn't it be ironic if we go from complaining about a chilly April to complaining about the heat in about 45 to 60 days. Um, I would not be surprised by that. (laughs) Stranger things have happened. Mark, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Wishing you and your expanding clan uh, the very best. Uh, Hug those grandbabies for me, okay? Thanks. Always good to talk to you, Paul. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Dr. Mark Seeley. And when we come back, Mark Fry has some perspective on what's happening and what farmers are worried about other than the weather. He's next. Mark Fry from the CCO Newsroom talking about the bird flu. Today, Governor Walls, Senators Klobuchar and Smith, uh, and Minnesota's Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson all got together for an update on bird flu in the state of Minnesota, which is stressing out a lot of people. Mark Fry, welcome back. 
Paul, good to be with you. And I think this is maybe like the second time in the past two weeks we've talked about bird flu. So it yeah. just unfortunately continues to grow and worry more producers and you know individuals across the state. So definitely something to keep an eye on going forward. So what, I mean, obviously conditions getting worse and this is starting to affect uh, farmers' mental health, right? Yeah, and that was one of the things they touched on pretty heavily today is the resources that are available for uh, Minnesota farmers right now. And the state actually operates this Minnesota Farm and Rural Helpline. It's a phone number and a text and an email that you can all, um, that farmers can access or anyone really who can access this. But uh, Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson said he has fielded a lot of these calls so far throughout this bird flu that's uh, impacted now 40 sites and 2 million birds now lost across Minnesota flocks to this. And he says it's been the toughest part of his job so far is hearing from these farmers who have really gone to their wit's end and trying to save their flocks. And they have to make that unfortunate choice, Paul. And, uh, you know, they did give some optimism, though, moving forward, which is a good sign. Mark, what is different, if anything, about the spread of the bird flu this time around? Well, the biggest thing that Governor Wallace pointed out, as did a Commissioner Tom Peterson and also Dr. Beth Thompson with the Board of Animal Health, they said this is really not a barn-to-barn case. They're not seeing the cases get spread through um, different barns because of the biosecurity. It's more of a popcorn spread, meaning that it's just showing up in various spots because it's being transmitted from this waterfowl that's migrating into Minnesota. And, Paul, I think people might be asking you for some help. Drier, warmer weather is what uh, they're hoping for in the next few weeks to really maybe push some of these case totals out and maybe get these birds on their way to where they're going instead of Minnesota. Let me push a button here and try to correct that. Warmer, you want yeah, I was wondering warmer and drier? Button. I've always looked for that button there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm pushing the, oh, I just think I just launched missiles. Okay, no, not that button. This button right here. DJ, what? Well, Mark, I just want to know. I paid more for eggs last week than I've paid in my whole life. It's, you know, it's three, oh, four, five dollars a yeah. dozen. Is, you know, is there any relief there? How much does this have to do with the prices of eggs and poultry? Well, that's exactly right. So in Iowa, they've had to kill, I can't remember how many millions of laying hens because of this bird flu. And obviously, you're going to see that get directed to the um, to the prices you pay at the store. But reiterated, once again, it's safe to eat eggs and poultry products. You don't have to worry going to the grocery store. So I think a lot of people have continued to ask those questions, and that's a good you know question to ask if what you're eating is safe. But, uh, DJ, you're right. I mean, I, I noticed that at the grocery store a couple of weeks ago, and I just couldn't believe the prices that we're paying now. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, Mark, how's it, how's it going with the new puppy? He is a handful, man. It's uh, I, I knew my wife and I knew what we were getting into, but uh, four month old puppy. He likes to chew on things. So if you have any if, any remedies, I'm all ears. Just buy old furniture because it's, it's all going to get chewed up. Uh, what kind of breed? What kind of puppy? <laughs> right? He's a hound mix. So we're thinking oh. maybe he's there's a little bit of a Brittany, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I, it, that's what they said. Secondhand hounds is where we adopted him from, and they were nice. great to work with. So. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of great organizations in the Twin Cities, but we, he's too cute to pass up, so we had to go for him. What's his name? His name is Hank. So Hank. Oh. He hasn't learned it yet. He he probably thinks his name is a number of things at this moment. 
<laughs> Shut up. Don't pee there. No. <laughs> exactly. Hank's a great name. Mark, appreciate the update. Yeah. Good luck with Hank, and thanks yeah. for the update on the bird flu. Hoping for uh, better weather and better news for farmers here soon. Um, make it a good one. Thank you, Paul. Yep, Hank. thank you. You too. Thank you. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, late switch spring that we're having and why DJ is actually excited. It's it's not a bug. It's a feature. It's not a negative. It's a positive. It's all how you think about things. Uh, you're a travel preacher, and now you're a weather preacher. Going to tell me what I'm doing wrong here. It's a long list. It's on my job description. Yeah. <laughs> Cl- clean up PD's mess. All right. We'll be back with more. Thanks for sticking around right here on CCO.